0: the host. Is that my John day? The host? I'm supposed to be the host. Wait, I thought, I thought someone else was hosting. I thought I, I was just here to check out this really cool podcast. I was telling all my friends and neighbors, I'm like, you should subscribe to the Chris Foss show podcast. I watch it every day and I was just sitting here watching it. And it's like, wait, I have a job here. I thought I was just enjoying a beautiful, uh, wonderful broadcast of the Chris Foss show. Anyway, guys, as you know, we always say go refer the show to your friends, neighbors, relatives. We, of course, do the YouTube thing. Go to youtube.com for slash Chris Voss, hit the bell notification button, that ding. Once you press that button, a special feeling washes over you. You feel like you're part of a family that loves you but doesn't judge you because we all know those are the best kind of families. It's not a cult, though. Just always remember that. Uh, go to goodreads.com forward slash Chris Fussy. everything you're reading. Reading over there and all my groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, the big LinkedIn newsletter, and the big LinkedIn group. Go follow that thing. It's always fun to take and do. <laughs> So we're excited to announce my new book is coming out. It's called Beacons of Leadership, Inspiring Lessons of Success in Business and Innovation. It's going to be coming out on October 5th, 2021. And I'm really excited for you to get a chance to read this book. It's filled with a multitude of my insightful stories, lessons, my life, and experiences in leadership and character. I give you some of the secrets from my CEO Entrepreneur Toolbox that I use to scale my business success, innovate, and build a multitude of companies. I've been a CEO for, uh, what is it, like uh, 33, 35 years now. We talk about leadership, the importance of leadership, how to become a great leader, and how anyone can become a great leader as well. Or Order the book where refined books are sold. Uh, We have another amazing author on the show. If I could tell you how many amazing authors we have on today, it would blow your mind. There's been three of them, and uh, they've been top-notch, hugely successful authors. So I'm just having a big three-author day here. Today, we have Zirin Jay Zhao on the show with us today. They are the author of Zachary Ying and the Dragon Emperor, coming out May 10th, 2022. So you can pre-order this book. We've got a couple copies of it. and It's beautiful in its design and, of course, beautiful in its writing and everything else. Let me pull up that that there. There we go. There's our bio. Uh, Zirin is the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Iron Widow series, a first-gen Hugh. Is Joy the correct Chinese? I should have checked that in the bio. Way Chinese immigrant from a small town in China to Vancouver, Canada, where they were raised by the internet and made the inexplicable decision to leave their biochem degree in the dust to write books and make educational content instead. You can find them on uh, Twitter for memes, Instagram for cosplays and fancy outfits, TikTok for short fun videos, and YouTube for long videos about the Chinese history and Culture. It's their first middle-grade novel and the first installment in the planned trilogy. Welcome to the show. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm doing well. How about you?
0: There you go. And did I get your first name right and punching that sort of energy?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's pretty close.
0: Sometimes I I, I just throw so much energy into the intro. It's like the brain goes right out the window. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Give us your plugs so people can find you on the interwebs.
1: Oh, I think you already gave me gave the people my plugs. So course, okay. it's right there. Yeah, I'm Zhao everywhere, and uh, yeah, I'm on all those social platforms.
0: There you go. Do you have a .com?
1: Yes, I do. It's also dot .com.
0: There you go. So, what motivated you to want to write this book?
1: Well, actually, I was on the Sky Train, which is like the subway, which is, but it's like in the air in Vancouver and with my friend. And then I was talking about Chinese history. There was a point where I was like really obsessed with Chinese history and I just wouldn't shut up about it to my friend. And then she was like, how about you just put all of this in a book instead? Because, you know, um, ch- history and myth stories are really good for middle grade. And then at that point, I hadn't like thought about writing middle grade yet. But then it got me thinking, what if I were to, like, write a middle-grade novel um, inspired by Chinese history and myth? And then I also thought about Yu-Gi-Oh!, which is, like, the most formulative series, the show, of, more, most formulative show of my childhood. And I was like, what if I did a Chinese take on Yu-Gi-Oh!, but instead of an ancient Egyptian pharaoh, it's, it's the first emperor of China who, like, starts haunting this gamer boy. And so this... Concept spiraled from then, and then it became Zachary Yin and the Dragon Emperor.
0: There you go. So, what happens in the book? Give us an overview, if you would, from 30,000 Feet.
1: Yeah, so Zach is this Chinese American boy who didn't really grow up connected to his heritage, like he can't even speak Mandarin or anything. But then one day, the spirit of the first emperor of China possesses his AR gaming headset. So, this is like set in kind of the near future. Where, like, AR technology is super advanced and stuff. So just imagine if Google Glass actually worked and everybody had it. And be- so his gaming headset gets possessed by the first emperor of China. And he gets compelled on a journey across China to, like, defeat history, defeat figures from history and myth in order to heist magical artifacts and seal this portal to the underworld to prevent the malevol- malevolent spirits there from just emerging into the mortal realm. So there is the story.
0: There you go. I had the early Google Glass, a couple of them, and loved it. I miss it, actually. What uh, happened?
1: Yeah. Why aren't they developing it anymore?
0: Uh, you know, there was a lot of things they did wrong. I mean, price and, and exclusivity, and, and it it just wasn't, it just, I don't know, they couldn't price it for the mainstream. I don't know. It was a beautiful product, but now you're going to give me nightmares because I'm going to think of my times when <laughs> the Glass a and they'll get possessed. Oh, so my
1: God. No, imagine if, like, a Henry DA's, like, possessed or google glass so that's that's like the vibe of this great
0: that's my nightmare tonight i'll be, yeah. like, I'll be like whoa i really do miss that i was thinking about them because snap just came out with that new copter thing the drone and yeah. uh snap had also the the glasses that were kind of like google glass but they weren't as good but yeah i definitely miss them so what age group does this book really appeal to uh when we say middle i think we said middle agers
1: Middle grade. So middle grade is usually for 8 to 12-year-olds, but I wrote this book kind of like for an everyone Hmm. sort of audience. So um, if you liked Percy Jackson, and plenty of adults like Percy Jackson. So if you like those, then you'll probably enjoy the book just uh, because I didn't really... Yeah, I would say it's upper middle grade. So aside from like no 18 plus jokes, I I pretty much approached it. I didn't really... Um, write it with kids of mine. I was just like, everybody can read this.
0: Yeah, there you go. So it's a book everybody can enjoy. Especially what what genre would you say this is this falls into is it?
1: I would say like science fantasy. The kind of science fantasy that like Marvel films are.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: you know like how Marvel films have both like high tech, but there's also like plenty of people doing magic in the background and in the foreground, I guess. So it's the kind of like science fantasy that comic books and anime heavily mm-hmm. Utilized.
0: mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask you. I know a lot of gamers are into anime and and of course gaming has, you know, so many different versions of, of great, you know, like some of the artwork that's on here. I've seen some games that kind of have that sort of same sort of a Chinese sort of artwork. Is that something that would appeal to them as well, I guess?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. My cover is done by a really great artist, uh, Valency, And I, every time I see my cover, I just, oh my God, it, it's so good. <laughs>
0: So you've built, you've built quite a, a channel and, and, and platforms of, you know, teaching people about Chinese history, Chinese, everything about China, Chinese lore, you know, everything about Chinese. And what motivates you want to do that and share that? And. And how does that uh, message kind of impact with people? And, and, uh...
1: So I do it all for the diaspora, the Chinese diaspora, because yeah. there are a lot of like second or third generation Chinese immigrants who they grew up without much of a connection to their heritage. And they can't read Chinese because you know, Chinese is a really difficult language. Just, yeah. If I hadn't, if my immigration history hadn't, hasn't, hadn't been so complicated, then I would probably have lost my ability to like read it and speak it as well. So there is a lot of info that these Chinese diaspora cannot access, and especially like Chinese history. When you're in China, you learn it from your curriculum. You learn it in school. But here, you don't really get that chance. And I make my content in English as um, a member of the Chinese diaspora for others in the diaspora. And I just, it, it really touches me when people tell me that, oh, like your videos really helped me feel more connected to my heritage. And so yeah, that's the audience that I do it for.
0: I think that's a great thing because it 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 brings it brings everybody the internet kind of can, can, if it's used for good, bring everybody together so that they understand each other more. You know there's not like those people over there. we don't know who they are. they're strangers, so we don't we're a little worried about them. But you know, Chinese culture is so amazing, like Chinese movies I've always enjoyed. you know there's there's so much history, of course, of China and everything else. And so I think it's good that you bring it over. And, and people can can immerse themselves and understand it. You know, I know Mandarin. I mean, I've often thought, you know, I should probably learn some Chinese in case I ever go there. I know Mandarin is like one, one of the hardest lang- languages to learn, I think, isn't it? Well,
1: to read, actually, spoken Mandarin is pretty easy because the grammar rules are really flexible. It's just like if you want to get into the reading and writing part, that's the difficult part because you have to like memorize several thousand characters or whatever. But yeah, Mandarin as a spoken language is actually super, it's super easy. Like... Very flexible grammar, no gendered terms. And I think, um, not even, you don't have to even do conjugations for like past and future tense. So it's a really simple language, like grammar wise. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah, the writing that gets you.
0: Do you ever uh, go over to China and do research for your books or do you you go back there at all and and interact with? A few
1: years, but then recently, because of um, the pandemic, I haven't been able to go back, which makes me sad just because I really wanted to go back like last year or this year. But no, their um, lockdown rules are so strict. Like if I wanted to go back, I would have to quarantine just alone for at least a month, Holy, (laughs) which is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, they're, they're, I, I believe, is it Shanghai or Beijing? Yeah, the situation
1: down. is happening in Shanghai, and that's usually the city that I go to when I'm flying into China, so yeah, I cannot go back.
0: Yeah. We have a lot of authors that they, they pick places around the world to write books about, so they have an excuse to go there on their vacation. <laughs>
1: yes, and you can expense all of those like expenses <laughs> as work expenses. Yeah,
0: and then you get to learn all the cultures and everything. Do you see this as a series, maybe? Uh, yes it is there is
1: at least going to be another book coming out and i know my publisher says it's a planned trilogy but i'm like mm, you haven't picked me up for the third book yet let's not <laughs> get ahead of ourselves
0: <laughs> uh, So
1: yeah there will be at least another book and depending on how the first book will do we'll see about doing a third
0: yeah is, is a large party do you do you connect with the base over there in china but i know they're behind a firewall so they may not have access to youtube and stuff like that and some of your works
1: some of them do watch my videos because I do see some comments in simplified Chinese, and that's when you know it's like from someone uh, who's Chinese. And if it's traditional Chinese, then you know they're from like Hong Kong or Taiwan. So nuance is here, and but mostly they don't watch much YouTube because like China has its own like all of their own social media sites, and they're super popular. So if you, they're seeking out my content on YouTube, then and yeah, ah. Uh, Probably not a lot of them just because, you know, they, they have their own good content.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, I've, I've, I applied to some apps years ago that were over there. I think about 10 years ago that I, I tried to get in on the apps and a couple of them I got in and it was, it was just extraordinary how much data and screen content there is and advertising. And you're just like, holy crap, there's a lot going on here.
1: Yeah. And yeah. the can, news are like unimaginable for us. Like the video views just they get so many times more video views than um, what we get over here, just because there's such a bigger population. And then I I have lived through the period where like the uh, Great Great Firewall of China was like slowly coming down, and I lost access to all like all of my like YouTube and those sites when I'm in China. So I lived through that. And recently I still go on Chinese social media sites, but recently I have seen that. They're limiting access more and more because mm. in recent years I found that I need to like register with a phone number to in order to access the sites. And then I think recently they some of the sites changed it so so you can only log in with a mainland Chinese phone number. So yeah. soon I won't be even be able to log in anymore. But we'll see. I am just holding on to what I can.
0: That's what happened to me because I was like, I would love to have the Chris Voss show be multi. You know, it is multinational for everybody or international mm-hmm. so that you know everyone checks in. And so I was like hoping that you know maybe it would catch up some viewers over there, and uh, yeah, they 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 eventually they were using my US phone for a while, and then they eventually went to like ah, you can have a locophone. phone. I'm like, damn it! Yes. But you, you're in, you do cosplay as well. We have a huge tech audience, and so they're into the cosplay thing. Going down to San Diego for what what is it called? Comic Con. Uh, Comic Con. That's huge with our base. Oh my gosh, people love that. And so you do that in some of your work as well.
1: Yes, I do that. And then probably I'm going to go to Comic-Con this year for the first Mm -hmm. time as a panelist.
0: So you've never been before?
1: I've never been. I've never been one of those like super hardcore cosplayers who legit like take out their costumes and go to cons across the country. And no, me. I've been pretty confined to Vancouver. And it's always just been just like a small like side hobby for me.
0: It's amazing. I've always wanted to go. I've never been able to get tickets. They sell out like, you know, like that. But the work that people put into their their stuff is just extraordinary sometimes.
1: Yeah, they take it really seriously. Like, I don't even consider myself one of those people. Cosmetics who take it super seriously. But, yeah, there are people out there who, like, bring three costumes to a con, and they're like, okay, Friday I'm going to be this. Saturday I'm going to be this. Some some of them are like, okay, Sunday um, morning I'm going to be this. Sunday afternoon I'm going to be like this. So they're super hardcore about it.
0: I think it's even funnier when like Hollywood people, they dress up so that no one will know who they are and they walk around the whole thing and no one has any idea that, you know, they've been, they've been walking amongst them, if you will. So that should be fun. So this is really exciting. You had a great series before that sold well. Anything more you want to touch on in the book and tease people out on to order it up?
1: Hey, Zachary and well, what do I, what do I want? Oh my God, I am blanking out. How do I pitch my (laughs) book? (laughs) <laughs>
0: it's like when you write a book man it's it's yeah. a lot of work and then it is. the editing and you're just like i didn't even i didn't barely, barely survive the editing of my book i was like Ugh. yeah uh, okay. idiot. imagine when- imagine
1: that like you act you find out that you have accidentally become a super villains hench boy and that's the plot of this
0: did you when you wrote it did you have any maybe uh hollywood plans like if it got picked up by hollywood maybe who would play some of the characters in it
1: not really, because it's middle grade, and middle grade doesn't typically get adapted into movies. And I I don't really see this as a live action movie. Like maybe it will do well in animation, but I also think that it may be too critical of the Chinese government for Hollywood Uh-oh. to like get their hands on it. Oh Probably, really? Like all the big studios are they may be scared off by the subject matters.
0: <laughs> that was one of the other questions I was thinking about asking you. Do, you. do you broach some of the political criticism of the of the government uh, either in the book or in some of your uh, online work?
1: I do. And in my videos, like, even though that, you know, it's my parents tell me it's not smart to get political as a Chinese person, but I just I just can't help it. You know, I'm a a very inherently political person. (laughs) I have opinions.
0: Well, that's good. That's good, and you have a platform to, you know, and a voice for that. And mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's some things going on there. We could certainly see the Uyghurs, you know, uh, the, the stuff that's going on with that and everything yeah, else.
1: And that is something that I do address in Zachary and in the Dragon Emperor. I talk about like how differently Muslim ethnic minorities are treated across China, because it's like a little, it's more lenient on the east, but then once you get to the western regions, that it like really, they really start cracking down. And it's just really unfortunate because Muslim people and Islamic culture has been a really heavy influence on Chinese culture as a whole. Even in the book, I talk about how like, you know, that typical like white and blue porcelain that comes out of China. That's that was that design was actually originally created for the Islamic market in the Mm -hmm. Middle East. And so, yeah, there is a very strong, like, interconnection of Is Islamic cultures and, like, Chinese cultures.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things going on with the war, China, and, of course, seeing Russia fail, and and hopefully they keep failing, knock on wood. But, you know, what is it? Is it Xi? President Xi is up for re-election, I think, later on this year. And oh, so, keeping?
1: Oh, yeah. election! There are no elections. <laughs>
0: Well, okay, yeah, you have. Well, okay, the,
1: technically, technically, the like the party representatives elected, but it's not going to be like a contest or anything.
0: Oh yeah, all right. Well, I don't know. I was hoping that maybe, maybe, maybe though, you know, I don't know. It would be, it would be really cool if, like, we could get the whole world just to embrace capitalism and uh, you open up that market where they could be on our internet and everybody could be all getting along and.
1: Well, China is on a capitalist model. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not even pretending to be communist anymore. Well, actually it does pretend like when I go back to China, they do have like actual socialist slogans everywhere on the streets, but then that's not their actual um, economic model. So they're like authoritarian capitalists.
0: There you go. Well, we're heading that way. So we'll just get along with China. I think the way we're coming <laughs> <laughs> yes. You never know. 20, 2022 and 2024. Well, it's been wonderful to have you on. Anything more you want to plug on the book or give me your uh, .com so people can find you on the end web, please.
1: Okay, so I can be found on com, but I think of most interest would be my YouTube channel, xianjazao.com. And there I talk about I make a lot of videos about Chinese history and culture and I do critiques of media in the West that portray Chinese culture. Like the Mulan live action twenty twenty movie. That was that one like was the reason that my channel took off. Like I just made this like thirty seven minute rant about it and then suddenly it went viral. <laughs> so yes, check check my YouTube channel out if that interests you.
0: There you go. Thank you very much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me.
0: Thank you for coming. Thanks, Moniz, for tuning in. Go order up the book. You definitely want to get a hold of it. You can pre-order it today, May 10th, 2022. Zachary Ying and the Dragon Emperor. Get it for your kids. Get it for yourself and enjoy it. Everybody loves stuff that's, you know, the news these days is kind of a little dark. So, you know, you can get a little bit of escapism and enjoy learning some new culture and everything else. Thanks to my audience for tuning in. Go to YouTube.com, for just Chris Voss. Hit the bell notification button, Goodreads.com, for Chris Voss. All our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those crazy places we are on the Internet. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.